Hello and welcome into Sweet Seats, episode 24 of season 2. I'm Anthony Schulte, and today we do have a treat for you. Alongside my colleagues Kyle Purdy and Carson Russell, we have a special guest today. That special guest is the voice you hear at Ford Field during Lions home games. The man behind the scoreboard at Pistons games and the director of football education for the Lions. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Fritching. How are you today? Hey, I'm great. I appreciate great. you having me. This is a sweet seat. I'm, I'll tell you that. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, yeah. it is. So he is the PA announcer for the Lions. He works the scoreboard for the Pistons, as I mentioned, and he's the director of football education. Chris, how, what goes into your everyday, everyday life as a PA announcer, as a scoreboard operator, and as the director of football education? Boy, it depends on the time of year. It depends on the season. You know, really, it does. And, uh, you know, if, if we're talking specifically about the football season itself, there's a lot of preparation in terms of, first of all, you got to understand, and, and um, from a PA announcer standpoint, I got to understand the 90 man roster coming into into, uh, into training camp, right? And I got to understand all those names of those players and, and how to pronounce those players. And then I've got to, as as the season goes on, preseason into regular season, I've got to get to know the the opposing team as well. Not only their numbers, but their names and 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 so forth. So um, it's I always joke and I, that. I get to watch football. That's my part of my job, right? So, but it's um, it's part of my preparation for when I'm doing the public address announcing for the Lions. So, um, it's there's a lot of work that goes involved in it. But I'm I'm watching the game not only from a PA announcer standpoint, but uh, I can watch it from a coaching standpoint. I can watch it from a fan standpoint. That's what really makes the the PA side of preparation uh, a, a lot of fun. There's other jobs that I've got that, that you mentioned the 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 score scoreboard operator for the Pistons. Um, not a lot that goes into that as far as preparation. I got I got to put some push some buttons here Press and there. Some yeah. Exactly, um, points, fouls, timeouts, things of that nature. A lot of it's that scoreboard is automated, so there's not much I have to do other than put those points and fouls in, in, on the board. Uh, and then my director of football education role. That's we're hot and heavy in terms of trying to impact uh, children, parents, and coaches through the game of football. That's a year-round uh, initiative for me. So I want to I want you guys to ask some questions here because. We, he's a very important person when it comes to the Ford, the experience at Ford Field. You know, the fans, when they're at Ford Field, they can't listen to a broadcast. They listen to PA announcer. He introduces timeouts, the halftime show. You said you, uh, when the there's uh, the kid football games at halftime, you kind of sort of broadcast that. So he's a very intricate part at Ford Field. I mean, yeah, definitely. And one of the things I noticed is, like when you're PA announcing and when you're commentating some of the stuff we learned, you create your own sayings. You create some of like these staple things that fans go to the game and they hear. And I don't know if you've copyrighted the your big thing that you say when the Lions are on defense and it's third down. You you get the crowd going with you. Yeah, you get I mean, them going. We we try to try to it, it, again. It's an experience at Ford Field. So whether the team is playing well or whether the team is not playing well, we want them to the fans in the stands to have a good time. And so uh, that's the way I look at the PA announcer role is, is being able to bring some energy, bring some juice to, to certain key points of the game. And, and, and the fans will oftentimes feed off that. So, yeah, third down calls are important. First down calls are really fun and, and important too. Um, and I just got to figure out when to interject myself within the game and not take away from what they're there to do. They're there to watch the game, and they're there to be fans for, 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 for the Detroit Lions. And one of the other things I noticed is back in, back in November when we did um, the Division IV semifinal mm -hmm. game at Rochester, some, people, some people's voice, I take Ricky Met, uh, Mickey Redman, George Blaha for the Pistons, some people's voices are meant 
for commentating. Some people's voices are meant for PA announcing. I feel like your voice is like perfect for Lions PA well, thank announcing. You. No, it, no it's <laughs> it it gets the crowd going and the way you say things, it's it just flows with the game and I kind of I kind of see it now as like a choreographed dance. And when I go to Lions games and I learn about the like broadcasting stuff, it makes me watch the game as like a fan in the seats as a different perspective too. And it's great to think of it that way too. Yeah, I mean because like I told you in the in the class I just uh, introduced myself at you know what? I wasn't good enough to play at the next level in whatever sport, baseball, football, basketball, the sports I played. How do I get involved in sports? Uh, this is a great way to do it, whether it's coaching or, or observing or being part of the business side or being behind the mic. It's a, it's a, a neat way to stay involved in sport and, and enjoy uh, the, the sporting experience, if you will. You know, one of my uh, big questions for you is I know, I know obviously what you're doing when you're PA announcing. And I know what you do like when you're doing your scoreboard, but my qu- when it's not football season, when you're not doing a scoreboard, what do you find yourself doing every day as part of your job? So as director of football education, I, I am uh, right now, literally tomorrow, we go on sale with our Detroit Lions summer youth football camps. So we will travel the state and conduct 27 different camps around the state for children ages 4 to 17. So it's, it's, it's right now I'm going through recruiting of interns, uh, summer uh, college interns for us. I'm trying to recruit uh, coaches. I'm trying to make sure our website is up and running so we can take those registrations online. We are out in the schools conducting educational school assemblies. So um, uh, we, there's just a lot of things that, that make what I do from a football education standpoint really great because, again, we're using that silly oblong-shaped f- football as, a, as, as the ways to, to uh, go out into the communities and make an impact, a positive impact. and, and uh, and the, teach the character education that the game, we believe, can teach as well. So um, we're using the game of football to, to mold individuals and hopefully in a positive manner. And so I know I'm being sort of general in, in my answer to you, but it's, 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 a, it's a year-round process. It's a year-round job outside of the PA job and, and the, the scoreboard job. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, and being there over the 19 years, I've done a lot of growth, seen a lot of kids. I've seen a lot of kids that have come through our programs as a youth that are now applying for internships as, as uh, want to get into the sports business, if you will. So that's kind of neat to see. I've seen a lot of coaches that work with our staff go on to coach at the different college levels. And that's really neat to see as well. So um, as long as we're using the game of football to positively impact individuals, that's, uh, that's kind of what we focus on. Now, you watch every single Lions game. Right, whether it's home, Absolutely. I assume away. Absolutely. And I just want to pick your brain on what you think about the team last year, how Dan Campbell was, how the team performed towards the end of the season, and even your thoughts, you know, P- PA announcing those losses, those early home losses against Philadelphia, Seattle. How were those experiences? The experience, whether you win or lose, is, is, is I don't want to say, I, I guess it is different. I've never really thought of it that way. It's different. Certainly, it's, it's more exciting when they win. It's, it's not as exciting as they, when they lose. Duh, right? But, but the point is, is that the game from a PA standpoint, I can't control what's going on on the field. I, I have, that's out of my control. Um, what I can control is the energy that I bring to the game. And my hope is that whether they win or they lose, um, the energy is the same. Uh, and so forth. It's it's how the individuals, the, the fans, uh, uh, absorb that information and stuff as well, uh, and, and which really makes that experience for them a good one or or maybe not as good one. Um, but you know, we led into the season last year, if you recall, uh, on Hard Knocks, HBO's Hard Knocks, right? Yes. And there was a lot of hype and enthusiasm, excitement around the team and the energy that the coaching staff was bringing. And then we got to a point during the season where it's like, oh no, we didn't start off so well. 
You know, we lost to a Philadelphia football team 38-35 in we week one. Super Bowl. Went to the Super Bowl, right. right. You know, we lost to Seattle, who ended up making the playoffs. I was at that game. That was you very, know, and, very and so, sad. But, but you, what you saw, even those, those were losses, you saw that they were just on the verge. Right. They were just on the verge. And then over the last 10 games, you saw them win eight out of 10 games. They win one key games on the road. And so... You started to see this excitement and what Coach Campbell and, and his staff were trying to build, and and my hope is that it's going to continue in the off season with with free agency coming up soon, with the draft coming up, and all the picks that we've got. I mean, there's 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 really a lot to be excited about Potential with the Detroit Lions, have. absolutely. Oh, yes. And so you stay healthy and and you know you sign the right veterans uh, from a free agent standpoint. You draft some impactful guys. Here's the other thing too. One of the guys and we're not haven't talked about individuals yet, but we drafted a kid in Jamison Williams last year that really is going to come back and really kind of be like a draft pick again oh, this yeah. year for us because oh, yes. he didn't play yes. a lot, right? Because he was hurt. And so that's really exciting if you think about that addition to uh, a full, healthy season with him. <laughs> there's things we can do vertically down the field that really make it exciting. And there's one more thing, like, with the excitement part about the Lions, like, win or lose that I kind of thought about. It led to another question with your PA announcing at Ford Field. In a, in a blowout game, whether you're winning or losing, how important is it as a PA announcer to keep the same energy through the entire game? Like, I remember it was 44-16, to 16, super late in that Jacksonville game. Jacksonville had their backup quarterback in, and it was a third down. Like, it was third and, like, 20-something, and you gave, like, still a great third down call. How, how important is that to keep the I, I, think, I think it's critical. I mean, whether they win or lose. And, and sometimes, you know, social media is such that you, you sometimes will get some heat on, on the back end of a, of a game that you've, you've, uh, you've, you're losing bad or you know, whatever. I, early on, in my, I started in 2019, and some, some of those games we were, unfortunately, you know. Some dark years. Yeah, and so, but... My job is to my job is to bring an experience to the to the team to the to the people that are the, there at at, the, at Ford Field, and so if I can add to that experience and uh, still stay stay positive, I'm still representing the Lions. I'm still uh, you know trying trying to promote the Lions, whether they win or lose. And and as long as I stay positive in in what I'm trying to do, then then that's the approach I'm going to take moving forward. Now you also work with the Pistons. You watch a lot of a lot of Pistons games, and I feel sorry. Anthony's a big fan of the Pistons. <laughs> I just want to your thoughts on this young nucleus that the Pistons have. You know, Kate, Kate Cunningham, who's out for the rest of the year with the shin injury. Jaden Ivey, who was out last night due to personal reasons. Uh, Jalen Duran. We just got James Wiseman, Isaiah Stewart, Marvin Bagley. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. Hamidou Diallo of young players that we have, mm-hmm. even though we just shipped off Sadiq Bay. I just want to know your thoughts on you know where the Pistons are going, their trajectory, and their young core. I wish I knew, uh, to be honest. I mean, really, I wish I knew because there, there, there's a lot of moving parts in, in all those players that you mentioned. And yeah. uh, um, I would have thought by now, to be honest with you, that there would be a little bit more progress than there is. That's just I me. I agree, yes. Um, and and uh, why that is, I, I, can't, I can't tell you. I don't know. Again, like I said, I just push the buttons on the scoreboard. But, but when it's all said and done – um, we got to get back to bad boys slash going to work basketball. The the the, the years that now the, at the, the years that 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 the, this team was respected around the league. The the years that we went to six Eastern Conference Finals in a row 
six years worth. And yeah. that's, that's when I think of Pistons basketball, that's what I want to think of. And so, yeah, it's, it's all great to have this young talent, but that young talent has somehow got to, to mix and match amongst one another. Yeah, losing Cade does not help us. But uh, when it's all said and done, we're starting to see some growth. I mean, an Ivy, a Duran. I mean, you can start to see some of the, the, the talents that they have. And, and here's the other thing I think we have to remember. Every one of those individuals you talked about, they're so young. Yes, very They're young. so young. And so there's a lot of room to grow uh, with each of those individuals. And now we just got to get, uh, get the, you know, hopefully we get a good draft pick this year and we fi- try to find another mix uh, of, of people to, that uh, can take us. We got to get to the playoffs. We have not had a winning season. The Pistons have not had a winning season in 15 years. Yep. I'm, I want, I'm sorry, one winning season in 15 years. Yep. Another, the, another year they were 541-41. So not having a, one winning season in 15 years, that's tough. It's, and it's and your, your generation hasn't seen good Pistons basketball. That's and even when they true. made the playoffs a few years back when they played the Bucks in the first round, right. they got swept 4-0. I don't, right. think, I don't think they kept a game close for more than three oh, quarters. Yeah, we, we had a couple close games, and same with the Cavaliers series back in 2016. But Blake was playing on one leg that was already not healthy. And that, that playoff series, I'll always say this, that playoff series when he came back to play at LCA, the first playoff series at LCA for the Pistons, when he came and he want, he wanted to play, he averaged twenty four and a half points. But I feel like that effectively ruined his career. He played his best basketball that season, averaged twenty four points per game. You know, he that's the most points per game he's ever averaged. He expanded his game past the arc. He was still dunking, believe it or not. He dunked in a Pistons uniform, and he was playmaking. I mean, I loved Blake Griffin. But that playoff series, as much as I respect it and as much as I appreciate it as a Pistons fan. I see it as the playoff series that effectively ruined or changed because he's still playing effective basketball right now for the Celtics. It changed his career so dramatically because the next season he comes in, it's the COVID season, right? And the league gets shut down. He was playing okay. And then the season after that, when there was no fans at the arena, he wasn't that great. And then we bought him out, went to the Brooklyn Nets, and immediately the first game he dunked. Pistons fans didn't like that. And he found his role as more of a defender. He took his eyes off being the offensive, you know, dunker, three-point shooter he turned into. And he turned into that, the defensive player, right? The defensive anchor. He played center for the Nets. And that playoff series, that was really the, that in the Cavs series. So the only winning basketball has been mediocre. And yeah, it's been highlighted by Drummond. I guess you could say highlighted by Drummond. He was an all-star. Highlighted by Blake Griffin. But as Chris mentioned, 15 years, well, there's only been one winning season. That's It It kind of proves the point that, I mean, not a lot of Pistons watch – or not a lot of fans watch Pistons basketball for the sole purpose that we're bad. At some point, at some point, it takes the life out of the stadium and the fans. And I saw it with the Lions last year when they went 3-13-1. No fan likes watching those games. Right. No fan likes going to those games. And the stadium's dead. Week 17 or week 16, whenever that final home game was, I don't think the stadium was very full. It just takes the life out of the city, the fans, the stadium, and the Pistons. Lions are starting to get back on that right track with everything they got going mm-hmm. for them. The Tigers, I don't think that's going to be uh, <laughs> eh, relevant this year. Eh, um, and the Red Wings, who are kind of on that bubble right now, they need to bring the life back into the city of Detroit, and I think that's huge going into this next decade. Um, the Pistons need to turn it on next season, yeah. in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, they you're, do. You're, hopefully we have a top five pick and we can get one of Wembenyama, Scoot, 
Amon Thompson, Oscar Thompson, or Brandon Miller. One one of those players, and I, I think we can start heading towards that direction that kind of the Hornets took last year. The Hornets took a direction last year where it's, okay, we're on the verge of like a 500 record. We're almost in the plan, right? They took a step back this year mainly because they didn't have Miles Bridges. They didn't have LaMelo Ball. But or they didn't have about Lamelo Ball most of the season. He's out likely the rest of the season now with a yeah, he fractured his, his ankle. And the Pistons, if we don't, if we're still bad next year, and we're still flirting with twenty wins at the end of the season next year, that's when questions. Okay, are we developing these players right? Kate Cunningham in his third year, Jaden Ivey will be in his second, Duran in his second, I think Bagley in his fifth, fourth or fifth, yeah. and. If we're if we're still not even showing growth and we're still at the we're, oh let's tank for whoever's the first overall pick now it's just it's at some point the mediocrity and the bad has to end and it has to be okay we're one of those teams where people are looking at us in two or three years as being a contender yeah one of the, oh go ahead okay sorry. go ahead and you know um, Pistons obviously had a tough loss last night but I think we did see some good signs with Ivy and Duran out but we saw some guys step up we had. Two double-doubles, Bagley with 21 and 12. He's been stepping up since, you know, the Wiseman edition. Hayes with 12 and 10. And then we had two guys with 23 points. Wiseman with 23 points, a very efficient one. He was, I believe, 9 for 11 from the yes, field. Yes, he was. Which was awesome. And then Diallo had an also efficient 23 points. So if we can see these guys continue to step up and integrate them with, you know, the new players that we keep developing and adding, I could see something, you know, coming good from the future. we got to see Kay Cunningham healthy, though. Absolutely. For more than 20 games at a time. Yep. We have to see him healthy. I mean, I think a full – getting that surgery was perfect because it could, it's not going to linger, right? When you don't get a surgery on that type of injury, it lingers. And seeing him a whole season and seeing him hopefully for longer than 20 games before an injury, a serious injury, I think that will give us more of a accurate assumption or um, – look at what we can do but with our remaining time we're approaching the end here i just want to ask chris your favorite and least favorite nfl stadiums that you've either been to or you've seen this this should be good this should be good good. no i i uh i haven't seen them all i'd like to see them all my my daughter and i try to make a point of, of getting to as many as we can every every year um i love ford field i mean i'm biased in saying that and that so i would obviously say that was probably the, the the number one but you know that that building itself is is 20 years old now 20 yeah, years yeah. old hard to believe so um sofi is uh, out in la is absolutely yeah. outstanding i yes, mean it it's is. just just you walk around in amazement and my family and i went out last year and it's just like where do you look where do you I just the scoreboard it's is giant it's massive it's, <laughs> it's awesome ma- it's awesome and then at t obviously down in dallas is, is really is really nice too it's and uh you know what <laughs> t-rat over there is just He's so happy about happy. the AT&T Stadium. Because we're talking Dallas? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's a whole other story. We'll, no, we'll get to that Least later. favorite. <laughs> least favorite. Least, least favorite. Um, I, even though I like the city itself, you know, but let me go back. Lambeau Field is, is phenomenal, too, by the way. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm definitely not a Packer fan. I, I, don't like, I, don't like, I don't like Soldier Field. I don't like Soldier Field. They just they just announced that they're going to be building a new stadium. Yeah, good, Chicago. Yeah, good. And so I, I just uh, I don't like uh, I like the city itself, the Chicago, but I, I don't like I don't like their uh, their yeah. stadium. I don't like the ambiance there. I just uh, that's just that's just my opinion though. Unfor- okay, thank you for that. Thank you. that was a great opinion. SoFi Stadium <laughs> is is awesome. awesome. <laughs> I think, and I don't like Soldier Field either. Soldier yeah. Field is. Thank God it's going away. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this special edition of Sweet Seats. 
from my colleagues Carson Russell, Kyle Purdy, and the one and only Chris Fritching. I'm Anthony Schulte. So long, folks.